Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. Again, we're, we're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning at 9.30 local time and every Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m., local time. These are the times when the Sunny Slope congregation comes together for Sunday morning Bible class and Wednesday evening Bible class. Now we know that even in the Omaha area, not everyone can be with us at those times for various reasons. Sometimes it's physical handicap. Sometimes it's it's uh, uh, illness that is uh, chronic. Sometimes it's just a matter of people are older, they cannot get out, or they have a scheduling conflict, whatever the case may be. Again, there are various reasons why people cannot be with us in person for our Sunday morning Bible classes and our Wednesday evening Bible classes. But they want to be in God's Word. They want to learn more from the Scriptures. They want to know more about God, and they want to come to understand more fully what their relationship with God through Jesus Christ should be needs to be. And so they want to learn. Well, we're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to broadcast God's Word on such a widespread basis through the internet and by means of these podcasts. And it is there for everybody, and it is always free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. We know there are also people across the country who listen to our podcasts and literally around the world. And so again, we're thankful to be able to teach God's word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. If you're listening, we're thankful that you're there, and we're thankful that we can be here with you and open up God's Word, and we can study a little further, dig a little bit deeper, and learn a little bit more, and thereby, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, as we studied God's Word together, we can grow stronger in our faith. Now, we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can all the time through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You know people who need to get into God's Word. They need to start focusing more on their relationship with God, on their soul's salvation, on eternity, because it's coming. Help them. Help them get to heaven, even, by getting them into God's Word by sharing these studies with them. You may help them in that ultimate way with eternal salvation for their souls. And that's a great blessing for them, and it will also be a great blessing for you. So share today and always with everybody you can. Now also tell people to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Again, it's free. It always will be free. When they do that, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their smartphone or computer or whatever device they choose, they will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class. They will receive all of our sermons and a daily Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. And they will receive a a seven-day-a-week Bible study that we call Today's Bible Class. It's only about 13 or 14 minutes long, generally, and 
but it gets them into God's Word every single day, keeps them into God's Word every single day. And again, that's crucial for the strength and the growth of our faith. So tell as many people as you can. Take advantage of this opportunity yourself. If you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you come and study with us, worship with us, grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. And again, Bible classes begin on Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. We have a period of worship and study on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock, and then Wednesday evening Bible classes at 6.30 each Wednesday evening. You're welcome to any and all of these services. We hope to see you soon. Now, we're going to get back into our study from the book of Deuteronomy. And what I'm doing at this particular point, and, and we're oh, sort of around the middle part of the book of Deuteronomy, as I said, Moses has led the Israelites through the wilderness wanderings. Again, I called it, I call it a lot of times piddling in the wilderness because it was specifically for a period of 40 years so that the adult generations of that nation would die off because of their weak faith in God not trusting God to do what he had been promising to do for them for hundreds and hundreds of years. Give them the promised land, hand it over into their possession, defeat the enemies that would live in that land and give them the victories over them in the battles. And so he had Moses turn back from the promised land after the people had shown their lack of faith by saying, we can't, we can't go in there. We can't fight those battles. Those people are mighty. They have big cities. They're fortified. They're, even giants live in that land. And so God said, okay, turn them around, go back into the wilderness. And God caused Moses to lead them for a period of about 40 years in the wilderness until those adult generations would die off from 20 years old and up. And then as the younger generations grew up and became the adult generations, well, then now they had stronger faith and God was going to lead them into the promised land, give them that land that he had been promising to their forefathers going all the way back to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Well, so here they are in the book of Deuteronomy. They are poised on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. Shortly, they're going to cross that river into the promised land and begin the battles of conquest. And so Moses is giving them very detailed instructions, but he's also reminding them of their history that has led them up to this point in time. He keeps emphasizing, stay faithful to God. Now, they should have had going through their minds, yeah, we remember our our daddies and mamas, we remember our grandparents and great-grandparents, they struggled with their faith. Stay faithful to God. Stay true to God. Don't get taken in by the ways of the people who live in that land. You're going to go into battle against them. You either drive them out or you destroy them. Don't have any dealings with them. Don't let their, their children marry your children or your children marry their children because they are not faithful to God. They are idol worshipers. And in that, when you get into relationships with them, they are likely 
to lead you into their sinful practices. And boy, we see that around us all the time, don't we? People, they want different people to be friends with them. And, and so, but those friends, supposed friends, start influencing them in the ways of unrighteousness and ungodliness and lead them into sin. And so Moses is telling them, don't, let, don't, don't have anything to do with them. Drive them out or destroy them. But God wants you to be a pure people. Well, he's rehearsing their history, leading them up to this point in time. And he's also going back over the spiritual laws that God had given them beginning at Mount Sinai after Moses had led them out of Egyptian bondage. So he's rehearsing for them the history, and he's also reminding them of the spiritual laws that God has laid out for them. Now, I'm skipping over a lot of those because they get into kind of technical-sounding texts, and, and I'll leave those for you to read on your own, but I'm picking out highlights, so to speak, that we can relate to today and say, well, yeah, there's principle there that we, we can understand has application to our lives as we live faithfully before God today. Now, I want us to pick up in chapter 18 with verse 9. And here's talking about wicked customs and how we need to stay away from wickedness. Verse 9, Moses says, When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. And what kinds of abominations? That's a strong word, abominations. We might say, I don't like the way that person is acting. I, I think that person is acting, you know, in a wrong way or, you know, a foolish way, or maybe even we might say a God, an ungodly way or a sinful way. But when we use that word abominations, uh, you're talking about strong language there. It could also be translated detestable acts. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. What does Moses mean there, makes his son or daughter pass through the fire? Well, you talk about abominable, detestable acts that were being practiced by some of the people in the land of Canaan at that time, which would become the land of Israel as God gave it to his people. There were some people who practice in a supposed religious way sacrifice, human sacrifice of their own children to the idols they were worshiping. Abominations, abominable acts. We would look at that today and say, how could anyone do that? But that has been a practice in different parts of the world among different peoples. Well, it had been practiced for a long time. I hope and I pray that it's not being practiced anywhere today, but I would not be surprised to learn of some people in some part of the world still practicing such even to this day. But Moses says you don't get caught up in any of those abominable practices, the abominations of those nations, the detestable acts that they take part in. You shall not be found, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. 
And we look at some of these practices, and they are pursued by people in the world today, in our own country, in our culture. I have run into, I believe, a couple of individ- a couple of young ladies who openly claim to be witches. And I've run into another person or two who got into, you know, kind of a borderline lifestyle of that, that kind and, and openly admitted it. There are those out there who claim to be witches. I mean, witchcraft is being practiced in our country today. But then you say, well, yeah, we, I, I don't agree with that. Well, what about a soothsayer, one who interprets omens, a sorcerer, a conjurer of spells, a medium, a spiritist, one who calls up the dead. Uh, those folks are all around us. Now, a whole lot of them are just outright frauds. They're taking people in to make money, but that's what they claim to be. Why do people go to them? Why would people spend their money on such? See, God is saying through Moses, these practices are evil. They're wicked. We need to be careful about what we dabble into. You go to a carnival, a traveling carnival, and here's a, here is a fortune teller. Well, that's basically what Moses is saying. You stay away from. You don't, go, you don't take part in those kind of practices. What about, you know, Ouija boards are sold openly in stores across our land? Now, sometimes people think, well, this is harmless fun. No, you're talking about something that is probably at its base evil in God's eyes. Just stay away from all of that stuff. And that's what Moses is telling the people of Israel at this time. Don't take part in any of those kinds of practices. Verse 12 says, for all who do these things are an abomination to God, to the Lord. You don't want to be someone classified in the eyes of God as an abomination to him. All who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Now, why was God giving the people of Israel this land? And why had he promised them that I will fight your battles with you and before you, and I will drive these people out from before you? I will give you victory over them because they were living wicked lifestyles. They were living ungodly lifestyles. They were doing things, and a lot of times in the name of what they considered to be their religion, their religious beliefs, But it was not that they were following God. They were following idols, statues, images, carvings. And he was driving, he promised to drive them out because of their wickedness. And so, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. In other words, don't take part in any of those practices. For these nations, which you will dispossess, listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has appointed such for you. 
The Lord your God, he is the one who is your guide. And his word gives you his guidance, his divine guidance. So you follow God's teachings, you follow God's word, and you stay away from all of those other folks. They've been led into wickedness, into evil, into false beliefs. And don't let yourself be influenced along those lines through relationships with them. Drive them out, he says. Now, it's interesting. The next verse takes up another subject. And this is one that is so important for us. Now, this last section, verses 9 through 14 of chapter 18, you see the principle there is, is something that we need to be careful of too. We need to pay attention to. But now we come into a prophecy of the coming Savior going all the way back to Moses. And, and notice how it is put. Verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb, that's Mount Sinai, in the day of the assembly saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more lest I die. The Lord said to me, when they have, what they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you, a prophet like you from among their brethren, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whatsoever, that whatsoever, let me turn my page here, it shall be that whatsoever, that, I'm sorry, that whosoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, lowercase g, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Now, let's look at this from a couple of perspectives. I believe that we're to understand when, when Moses says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb. And then verse 17, the Lord said to me, what they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. I think we can, we can see a dual application here, potentially. Ultimately, the ultimate application, I believe, is a prophecy of Jesus coming into this world as the ultimate prophet sent from God. And so I will raise up for you, I, I will raise up a prophet like you, 
from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. Jesus would come through the bloodline of the Israelites. He would bring the ultimate message of forgiveness, redemption, salvation from God through Jesus himself. Now, that's the ultimate application that I think we're supposed to get from this. But now, there is also interwoven in there, I believe we can understand, a more immediate application for the people at that time, for the people of Israel. And that would be that when God would send a true prophet, and there would be many that he would send to the Israelites over hundreds of years ahead, that if that prophet was truly from God and he was prophesying that something was going to come to pass and it did not come to pass, then Moses and God through Moses in this text is emphasizing that prophet's not from God. Okay? Now, let's focus on that again. The prophet, verse 20, the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, lowercase g, not real gods, that prophet shall die. So if he's saying something that I did not send him, God says that I did not send him to say, to teach, to communicate, he's not from me. That prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, well, how shall we know? true prophets from false prophets. And that's, that's, see, that's a question we need to have in our, on our, in our minds and on our hearts today. How shall we know? How can we know if a teacher, supposed teacher of God's word, is truly teaching the truth or if he is teaching falsehood, error? And so verse 22, here's the test of a prophet laid out for us in Scripture, the test of a prophet. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Now, you can also understand, don't listen to him. Don't follow him because he's not a true prophet of God. He's not prophesying God's word. Now, we have the same teaching brought forth in principle in 2 John, only one chapter in that short letter, but 2 John, beginning with verse 9. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in or live in the doctrine, the teaching of Christ, does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and Son. If anyone comes to you and does not abide in this doctrine, do not receive him. He's teaching something else, in other words. Do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. And so Moses is teaching the people. Somebody comes and says they're a prophet of God, and they're telling you something, and it doesn't happen. That's not a prophet of God. Don't listen to that one. That one's, that one's lying. Or he's telling you something that maybe he thought, but it's not what God told him to teach. The test of a prophet is if the prophecy that he is supposedly 
telling forth does not happen, he's not a true, he, whatever he said, that's not from God. Don't be afraid of him. And the sense is don't listen to him. And so if somebody comes and they teach us in, in our day and age, in the Christian age now, if some teacher might be holding a Bible in his hand, but if he's not teaching what the Bible says, then he's teaching error. Don't listen to that one. Don't encourage him in any way in his false teaching because ultimately his false teaching can lead souls to eternal condemnation because he's not teaching the word of God accurately and truly. Well, we'll pick up and we're going to do some skipping next time. We're going to pick up with chapter 21 and verse 18 next. And again, I'm skipping over some of these texts because, again, they get into some technical stuff and it's not as, as easy, you know, uh, reading and teaching over the, through this kind of a venue. But you can read those yourself. But we're going to talk about the rebellious son next and what instructions does God give to the people of Israel about children who are rebellious against their parents. Well, let's stop and pray. Father, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for laying it out so clearly, straightforwardly, and helping us to see in a straightforward manner that you have direction for us. And it was not just for the Israelites in Old Testament times, but you have direction for us as those who would be Christians and follow you through Jesus Christ today. Help us to get into your word and study it diligently as the Apostle Paul, your inspired writer, instructed us to do in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. And thank you for giving us your guidance so clearly and in such a detailed fashion through the scriptures. Help us to be students of the New Testament and to really strive to be true New Testament Christians. Please guide us in this, Father. Guide us in this and help us to stay away from false teaching. And please defeat the false teachers as they are ultimately in their false teaching, agents of the devil. Please defeat the devil. Please protect us against his ways. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.